generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Right, so I have a teaching this morning. It's very, very important teaching. But before I go into it, I want to just share something in two minutes. And this is about the whole, you know, virus thing and all of that. But this is what I want to say. This is what I want us to realize. That the biggest virus right now is not Corona. Most people think Corona is the biggest virus. Ah, coronavirus. Ah, coronavirus. Ah, corona. In fact, I'm going to rename that virus to coronavirus in Yoruba. Corona. It will not have a road. Corona virus. It won't have any access point to you in Jesus' name. That amen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So a lot of people think this coronavirus, that's not the biggest virus right now. The biggest virus is fear. That's really what's going viral. It's not the virus, it's the fear. How do I know? How many people have had the virus? I don't know in Nigeria, just 10, 10 22 confirmed cases as of last night. But how many people are afraid? in Nigeria. How many people are afraid? Millions of people are afraid. So that tells you something that the real deal is not the virus. The enemy always uses what they call a Trojan horse. A Trojan horse is like a dud um, gift, a fake gift. It looks like a gift, but on the inside of it, there are certain enemies that are creeping into your space so that when the person gives you the gift, it's already wiretapped or poisoned. And when you accept the gift in your space, what happens? Long after you've enjoyed the pleasure of the gift, you're going to have to endure the pain of what was snuck in as a gift. And so with the whole coronavirus thing, of course, pay attention to your sanitation. If I need to sanitize my hands after preaching this right now, <laughs> pay attention to sanitization. Wash your hands, but more importantly, wash your mind with the water of the word. Sanitize your hands, but sanitize your soul with a spirit-based disinfectant called the rema of the word. Are we understanding this? Be wary of WhatsApp groups that after you've read, your heart is now palpitating and your mind is now agitated. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Let me also tell you something about fear. Fear literally compromises almost all your access points to spiritual inheritance. Because when you're really afraid, you can't pray effectively. When you're afraid, you can't even have compassion effectively. When you're afraid, you can't even give generously. When you're afraid, you can't even create constructively. So fear is like that universal crippler that the enemy throws and he uses the media space. So you've got to be careful what you pay attention to in the news and how you hear. Jesus did not just say, uh, be careful what you hear. He said, be careful how you hear because you can write the, hear the right information but process it the wrong way. Are we together on that? We see this now? Do we get it? Yeah. So be careful what you hear. Be careful what you share. Let's share more about the goodness of God. Share healing testimonies. Share songs that are blessing you. Do video snippets to encourage people. Send this live stream to somebody. And I know that we're going to see the end of this where testimonies abound into the body of Christ. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen and amen. All right, so today I'm teaching along the lines. Can I, I, I need a timer. Can someone time me? I want to do 30 minutes, so I need reminders after every 10 minutes. The first 10 minutes, remind me. Next 10 minutes, remind me. And then, all right, great. And then five minutes and so, and so forth. There will only be two more five minutes and so forth. All right, so we're going to be looking at the Word of God, the primary text for this teaching is Matthew chapter 15, 1 to 9. Matthew chapter 15, 1 to 9. If you're at home, please go there. If you're uh, live streaming, please go there. Matthew chapter 15 from verse 1 to 9. If we're here together, we're going to read together. I wanted to read in such a way that your voices are louder than the microphone device and in such a way that people who are online can hear us. Are we on Mixler? On YouTube. Amazing. So we're on Mixler, we're on YouTube. The reason I need to announce this is if one platform trips off, we got you on the other one. If that one trips off, we got you on the other one. Some might be slower than others, which means you will hear what you just heard before. But the Bible says what? Faith cometh by hearing. And what? <laughs> Jason, 
They're like, ah, they can't corner this pastor. That's look at your face. <laughs> Alright. So if you're in Matthew, Matthew 15, can you say amen? amen? Let's read loud and clear together at the count of three, two, one. We read. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother. And he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father or mother, Whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God. Then he need not honor his father or mother. Thus, you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. Hypocrites! Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Wow! This is so packed. This is so loaded. We're seeing the law of Moses. We're seeing the traditions of men. We're seeing the culture of God. We're seeing arguments. We're seeing family ties. This is very loaded, so I can't unpack all of it today. And even though there are eight major points I have uh, from experience, I never exhaust eight points in one service. So I've decided that I'm going to stick to three or four points. But please still pray for me. 30, 30 points. Still plenty. Four, right? And that's a th I said three or four. Now let's go to Isaiah 29 verse 13 which Jesus referenced. He says in verse 13, Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the commandment of men. So Jesus is quoting Isaiah in Matthew 15, 1 to 9. What is going on here is that the scribes and the Pharisees, they come to Jesus and they essentially say to Jesus, why is it that your disciples do not adhere to the traditions that we have placed? And Jesus said, okay, so why is it that you also don't adhere to the traditions or the commandments of God? The commandments of God. Why is there a clash of cultures? So essentially there is a clash of cultures. That's what's going on here. And even right now in the culture, there is a clash of cultures. So two things, the culture of man or what they call the traditions of man and the culture of God, what God calls the commandments of God. Now why do I call the commandments of God the culture of God? Because God has no dichotomy. God doesn't say one thing and practice another. His commandment is an articulated condensation of his culture. Is somebody getting this now? The instruction of God is a distillation of his identity. He does not say one thing and doubt uh, in his heart or think the other. God doesn't say, I'll bless you today and then it costs you tomorrow. In fact, James says the bitter water and sweet don't come from the same stream because God is a God of integrity. And this morning, I want to quickly share, teach along those lines, honor from the heart. Somebody say honor from the heart. Only three people said that. Can I get 200 voices to shout all across cyberspace and say honor from the heart? Oh, can we amplify theology via technology and shout it? Honor from the heart. If you are cyberspace admin, type that. Type it. Type. Tell people, type honor from the heart. Shout honor from the heart. Put that shout emoji on there. Honor from the heart. Thank you, Lord, for your word. This word is blessed and sanctified. Our hearts are receptive. We rebuke every distraction. We take authority over cyberspace and natural ambience, the natural ambience. We command them to comply and cooperate with the dispensation of the truth of the word. And we proclaim that we will receive the essence of life through the teaching and preaching of this word until our lives begin to evolve into greater expressions of the character, the conduct, and the culture of Christ. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Can your amen be a little louder than that? So from the Old Testament, the Bible says that these people, they honor me with their lips. 
In other words, they sing to me with their lips. They preach about me with their lips. They talk one to another with me with their lips. But Isaiah says that their hearts are far from me. In other words, it's possible to have the trappings of honor, but not have the truth of honor. It's possible to have the symbols of honor, but not have the substance of honor. It's possible to have the icons of honor, but not have the intent of honor. It happens a lot, particularly in our culture. It happens a lot. I'm from my body natural. I'm from heaven. I'm from Zion. But my body was passing to the earth through the Yoruba enclave and the Yoruba context. My body, that is. And in Yoruba language or Yoruba land, I've seen people who say, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think, sir. Am I being, sir? And then right after the sir walks away, the in other words, we've mastered the art of celebrating people in their presence, but abusing them in their absence. Respecting them up to their face, but then stabbing them in the back. That's the culture of man. That's the culture of man. Jesus attacked the same issue. So it's not just an Old Testament thing, it's a New Testament thing. Tino, are you here? Tino, are you here? Tino, are you here? And so for many of us, guess what happens? We have this honor from the lips or honor from the external attributes of our lives where we can even move our bodies, but we're not moving our souls. So we can shout, preach it, pastor, but the word is not sitting in our hearts where we can sing holy hallelujahs through our hands in the, in the heavens, but then in our souls we are still and cold and, and frigid where we can shout channels of my spirit open up but then we actually change the channel to a television station or Netflix and we hear somebody and God said I don't want that if you're going to give me honor I want honor from where the heart why is it so important because the heart of man is desperately wicked we looked at, looked at that a couple of weeks ago desperately wicked I think a month ago now that even the heart can be deceived and it can deceive itself that you must have a heart check or a heart inspection ever so often to ask yourself, am I still doing this thing from the heart? When I lead praise and worship, when I coordinate a King's Connect Center, when I live stream, when I sow seeds or give money, when I bless my pastor or carry his bag, am I doing it perfunctorily or am I doing it from a place of honor? Somebody shout honor. Don't forget what the word also tells us. He says that these people, they worship me with their lips, but they have removed their hearts from me. How is it that God was able to say that? Watch this. Because God knows the exact location of your heart. Do you know that you can be in this room right now, but your heart is not here? That you can be in this space at this very moment, but your heart is not here. But God doesn't just track the location of your body. He tracks the location of your heart. That's why in the Garden of Eden, when it was, the Adam Eve straight from where God kept them, Josh. The Bible says that God came to Adam and said, Adam, Adam, where are you? His body was in the garden, but his heart was not in Eden. His heart was beginning to follow the heathen. Some of y'all missed that. That's good stuff. Like your, your body can be in Eden, but your heart is like that of a heathen. God said, I know the location. Jesus in the New Testament, he said that these people, their hearts are far. But Jesus doesn't just say their hearts are far. He said, in vain, they worship me. Which means now that there are two layers of dimensions of worship. There is the external dimension of worship, the lifting up of our hands, which is important. Kneeling sometimes, which is important. Pouring tears down, streaming down our faces, which is important. All of that, very important outward expressions. He said that it's in vain. Why? Because the quality of worship is not reduced to external calisthenics and theatrics, but the quality of worship that rises up to heaven, that is registered in heaven, has to be the one from the heart. The song leaves your mouth, but worship leaves your heart. True worship is what rises from your heart, not what is released from your lips or your tongue. What registers in heaven as incense is the proceeds of the heart. I'm watching my time. 
And so understand something, if you write this down, John Piper, one of the greatest pastors alive today, he said the essence of all worship is the art of honoring God. I'll explain that. The essence of all worship is the art of honoring God. Simply put, when you've done all the definitions of worship you can find, you know, you can say worship is offering God praise, worship is adoring God, and I'll still give you my own definition of worship. But after you've done all of that, what worship really is, is honoring God. That's what worship is. Worship is bigger than music. Worship is bigger than clapping. Worship is bigger than shouting. Worship is bigger than hollering. Worship is bigger than even giving a, a hefty offering, even though that's important, we'll look at that shortly. But it's all about honoring God. So this is my own definition of worship. Write that down. My definition of worship is, I call worship, I'll say worship is exploring Let's say that together. Exploring, embracing, and expressing the worth of God in my thoughts. All right, sorry about that technical glitch. Let's start again. Worship is embrace exploring embracing and expressing the worth of god in my thoughts words actions lifestyle and responses everywhere i go All right, so let's read that together. Let's read that together. Does that make sense? Is that all encompassing? Let's, let's read it together quickly. Worship, so somebody needs to type that for the online audience. Worship is exploring, embracing, and expressing the worth of God. Exactly. That's what worship is. So I can worship God by staying away from food. I can worship God by refusing to respond with a harsh word. Oh yeah, that's an act of worship. When you want to use that swear word of, or the S word or the F word, it's at the tip of your tongue and you want to just let it roll. Komaro, ko, ko, komaro. And you hold it back because of God. You can replace that word worth with greatness and glory. The greatness and the glory of God. GBI, are you here? The greatness and the glory of God. You can replace that. And that's what worship is. Now, what is honor? I'm going to run. Honor is great respect. Why am I talking about worship when I'm talking about honor? Because Jesus talks about honor and then it talks about worship, which means there is a connection between worship and honor. Now, don't forget this. Worship is exclusively about the worth of God, but honor is not just about the worth of God. It's also about the worth of other people. So worship is exclusively for God, but honor is not just for God. Honor is for men, it's for women, it's for boys, it's for children, it's for every human being that God created. Somebody say, I hear that. Shout aloud. Say, I hear, I hear. Say, I hear, I hear. Right. So what is honor? Honor is high respect, high regard. It is esteeming somebody, regarding somebody, respecting somebody. Honor is also special recognition or the attribution of importance. So when I recognize Myowa, when I, you know, like some of you when you travel and all of that, or you've been away for a while, and I say, oh, come on, ladies and gentlemen, let's celebrate Toby Kareem. It's not a marketing strategy. It's a way of honoring the, are you here, somebody? When pastors come around or my friends from 12, 15 years come, and I celebrate them, it's not just, you know, Pete is being hyper. You know, sometimes I am. Thank God I don't drink hypo. <laughs> Thank the Lord. But, but it's not just that I'm being hyper, it's that I understand the place of honor and you cannot honor what you don't recognize. 
You can honor what you don't acknowledge. Come on, I need louder shouts. Honor is acknowledging, recognizing, attributing importance. So for example, if you're working on a project and you say, PDMs, some, some of you do that. PDMs, I'm working on this project. Many times, I don't even need to know functionally, but it's an act of honor to carry me along that I don't see you, you've released a book or an album online and the first time I'm seeing it is on Instagram. Are you understanding that? Or you've started a business. I don't even know the name. So what will I mention in the place of prayer? Are you following this? So honor is very important. It all is acknowledging, regarding, appreciating, celebrating. Somebody say acknowledging. Regarding. Appreciating. Celebrating. A person for what they do and what they represent. So you can honor people for what they do and what they represent even without liking them. Please write this down. You don't have to like people to honor them. They are two different things. You don't have, you know, because many of us would think that honor is liking. You, do you know you can actually like people and not honor them? Are you aware that even liking somebody can become so familiar that you have a great rapport but there is dishonor in that exchange? Or if you can say amen, say ouch. <laughs> or say yay. Alright? So acknowledging, celebrating, appreciating them. Another Another part of honor is this, acknowledging, recognizing, celebrating, acknowledging, recognizing, appreciating, celebrating, watch this, someone for who they are without despising them for what they are not. I have to lay this foundation because I'm going to talk about honoring parents. And some people, you just hate your parents and you dishonor them. Why? Because they didn't raise you. Why? Because they acted as if you didn't exist. Why? Because you never knew them till you were 13. Why? Because maybe in some cases they even molested you. And that's a very harsh and tough and sensitive one. And, and we can't even really exhaust that particular angle today. Possibly not in a public forum. But honor does not mean I like you. It means that I regard who God has made you. If you were such a horrible monster and if you were entirely evil, God would never have selected your womb to be the passageway for my life into this earth. That means even if I hate my mother, which I do not love my mother, amen? But even if I hate my mother because God in his infinite wisdom decided to pass me through her womb, I have to honor her. Is somebody here. Even if I despise some things about my father, and I don't, because God in his infinite wisdom decided to put the seed for my life in his loins, I have to honor him for that. I will hear somebody. So honor is regarding, appreciating, and one of the things that's happened in our generation is that so many people lack honor. Have you noticed? Have you noticed? When you go online, do you see more honor than dishonor? What do you see more? Dishonor. So for example, somebody comes to your page for the first time, or for the first time in a long time, and their first comment is to correct you. That's dishonor. Because in a real life situation, if you bumped into me on the street, you can't just come and say, do you know that your nose is big? You can't do that. So when you hide behind a digital camera, or digital screen to abuse people that's dishonorable and there's a culture across Nigeria today of dishonor where people will speak about people who are three years three times their age in some cases four times their age and speak we are not of that lot somebody say I'm not like that shout I'm a person of honor all right now, why is it also important to examine this? The absence of honor is the beginning of chaos. The absence of honor is the beginning of chaos. Because honor speaks about boundaries. Without honor, you can't have boundaries. Are you aware of that? If you don't honor, you will badge into private spaces. How many of you grew up in homes where you couldn't just enter your mother's room or your dad's room, your parents? And you think, what's wrong with them? What's wrong? They were teaching you honor from an early age. How many of you lived in homes where there was daddy's cup, mommy's plate, till now? And you'd be like, Kini, it's honor. Are you understanding this? 
It's honor. And if you don't understand that, you will abuse even your own self. Because the Bible says the Lord's people is the Lord's portion. The Lord's portion is his people. In other words, don't touch the Lord's people because you have to honor that thing and there are boundaries. Are you getting this? Are you getting them? The reason many people throw their bodies, you know, all the people that shake their bums on Twitter, these naked things and all of this, and all their frontal lobes and mammary glands and maternal instruments on the laboratory of public view for general analysis. You know why they dishonor their body? Because they've not learned to honor other bodies. Are you getting this now? Are we together in this? And so where there is no honor, there is chaos. There are no boundaries. There's no limitation. You use anything, you say anything, you go anywhere, you do anything, and that's chaos. Another reason honor is very important is that honor preserves you. Honor protects you. Honor, you, you know what, what uh, the words is Psalm 91 verse 14. Because he has loved my name, because he has honored me, I will satisfy him with long life. So honor preserves the longevity and the quality of anything. Watch this. When dishonor steps in, the quality of that experience begins to reduce. Any relationship in which you allow dishonor will soon begin to disappear. Dishonor precedes disappearance. Some relationships, nothing bad happened. Dishonor just curtain in and it died. Because most people don't stay where there's dishonor. Oh, have you ever walked out of an eatery? Sometimes even after ordering the food. Why? You felt dishonored. Somebody spoke to you wrongly. Only God knows how many opportunities have walked out of our lives because we dishonored the conduits of those opportunities. Can you look at somebody and say, is there dishonor in your life? Oh, I need more energy. King's Hop, we ought to be the energy merchants. Dispensing energy to all the five centers this morning. Shout that I'm a man of honor. Do you know that honor is also a preservative? It says honor your father and your mother. How does it work? How does honor preserve? Because honor brings restraints. Kuga, could you come help me please? Tinu, come help me. Honor provides restraint. If that's someone that disrespected me, the microphone that disrespected me, and I'm charging, I'm charging, I'm, I'm like, I have to speak my mind. And God knows that that's dangerous. That's poison. That's destructive. I have to speak my mind. I have to do this one. But honor provides boundaries. Somebody say boundaries. That means I feel like, but I won't say it. I feel like, but I won't do it. Hold, hold, hold yourselves. Ah, are you supposed to be holding Corona? <laughs> You're sanitized. Honor provides boundaries. Because of honor, I will count them. And have you noticed that after 30 seconds of fuming, sometimes the anger dissipates when you don't act on it? It's a preservative. This is why the word said, honor your father and your mother that you may live long. The New Testament says, do well in the land that God has given to you. God is saying, even if you enter the promised land, and when you enter the promised land, you have the land, but dishonor can reduce and shorten your quality of life in that space. This is the reason some people have big breakthroughs, but they are not sustained. Why? They had the breakthrough. They didn't honor God. They didn't testify or give to God. They didn't honor the appearance by taking material substance and resources to honor. They didn't honor the prophets and the pastors in their lives that God used to teach them. Either by saying thank you or by taking a seed and the one that I got the breakthrough and disappeared because God said I can give you the land but you are the one who determines how long you will stay there. It's a serious issue. Do you now know why there is so much death and disease in our generation? Could they be because so many people don't understand honor because honor is a life elongating principle it's in the word of god so honor provides boundaries provides limitations you know what anarchy is what chaos is a place of no boundaries no limitations anybody can do anything thank you guys put your hands together for them <laughs> i need to jump let me just let me just give us two or three so the first there are eight dimensions of honor eight but i'll continue online or next week Number one, 
we must honor God. Somebody say, I must honor God. I read a couple of scriptures to us. Malachi chapter 1. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6 to 8. Now listen to what the word says. If you can go there, go there real quick. If you can take, take notes, take note as quickly as you can. How are we doing online? Number one, honor God. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6 to 8. You know, many of us when we read Malachi, what we think about? Tithe. Malachi chapter 3. He said the tithe can be an expression of honor, but it is not the definition of honor. Do you know how I know the tithe is not a definition of honor? Shikemi, let me tell you, Dr. Shikemi, you know what? How I knew that many people didn't understand honor? Last year, from two years ago into last year, GB, there was a lot of brouhaha online about the tithe. Do you remember? A whole lot of brouhaha. Tithe is wrong. I can't believe these people deceived me all these years. You know what they told me? They never understood honor. They never understood honor. Because they were given the tithe all those years, thinking that they were doing it to God, but it was because of the commandments of men. That's what Jesus said, that their fear has been taught by the commandments of men. So their people were given their money, but their hearts were not being released. Because you don't release your heart and your money in the place. It's like this. You have, you have an ex or someone that was your girlfriend or somebody, Joshua, and then you bought this girl, what's it called? Uh, the clothes and perfume and chocolates and all of that. Then you broke up. Then after he broke, I said, go and bring, he said, lie, bring all the dresses. Bring. That's what people were doing with the tithe. That means it never came from your heart. Are we seeing this? And Jesus said it. He said the worship but in vain. The tithe but in vain. The give to prophets but is in vain. They honor the church. They buy generators for the church. They buy things for the church. But if it's not from the heart, God said you are not honoring me. You're only gratifying your social status or the demands of your environment. The pressure to look like you're a part of them. 19 minutes? You gotta, it's gotta, it's more like 10 minutes, folks. Thank you for looking out for me. Keep on looking out for me. Aha, yeah. Thank you. All right. So people think the Malachi is all about the tithe. But Malachi is not about the tithe. Malachi is about honor. That's what it's about. The tithe is just an expression. So Malachi chapter 1, look at what verse 6 says. 6 to 8. A son honors his father. And a servant or an employee in modern language honors his master. If then, this is God speaking, I am the father. And it's capital F in my Bible. So father of all spirits. Father of creation. Father in whom all the families in heaven and earth are named. If I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. To you priests who despise my name. In the Old Testament, I was talking about the priests who walk in the temple. New Testament, you are a priest. Come on, people. He's saying, where is my honor? In other words, for these different categories that I'm going to list out, it is their entitlement to be honored. And the most entitled person, the person who deserves all the honor is who? God. And said to you, priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? He said, you offer defiled food on my altar. In Yoruba, they call it ajeku. Not ajeku, yanyoje. Ajeku, which is different now. Ajeku is remnant. That what you give to me, God, look at what God does. He immediately connects honor to offerings or to gifts. Because the things we honor, what's honor? What are the words I use for honor? Acknowledge. Appreciate. Celebrate. The things we acknowledge, appreciate, celebrate. Do we spend money on them or not? Women, your hair. Do you spend money on them or not? Guys, your watches and your gadgets. Do you spend money on them? Baths on them or not? Come on, guys. Make up, fake up, wake up. Spend money on that or not? Cars, car wax. So the things you honor naturally, your resources flow in that direction. So whilst the flow of resources is not the proof of honor, honor is evidenced by a flow of resources. You see that now. So resources can flow in a direction without you honoring it. But if you honor it, resources will definitely flow. He says, he says, you put defiled food on my altar. But say, in what way have we defiled you? 
He says, by saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. Now, this saying is not that you come and say, this church is contemptible. But if you come to the house of God, next week, two weeks from now, I'll talk about honor for the house or a heart for the house. If you come to the house of God and you look at the toilet and you leave the toilet in a bad shape, let me, let me tell you one of the ways of honoring God and honoring God's house. If you go to the toilet, you need to leave it as clean as if Jesus is the next person that will use it. Oh, come on, people. Can we get practical? Because when we say honor, people are thinking, honor, 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 honor is the honor. So you all get that. And the onus is on you to offer the honors to the Lord. Are you understanding that? Are you understanding that? So leave the toilets in the better shape. As if Jesus is the one coming. Give the offering as if Jesus was physically receiving it. Alright? It says, and what we ever defined by saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, thank you. Is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Will he be pleased with you if you offer it to the governor? In other words, don't give to God what you will not give to the governor. Give to God more than what you will give to the governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. Let's look at some practical ways of honoring God. Psalm 96. I want to give us five. I'll list them. Psalm 96. Practical ways of honoring God. Psalm 96 is a very good template that shows us how. What are specific things? One, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. His wonders among all peoples. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are what? Idols. But the Lord made the heavens and so forth. Now, let me read some things. Some practical ways of honoring the Lord. Number one. Singing new songs to the Lord honors him. Is there? Psalm 96 verse 1. He said, do what? Sing a new song to the Lord. Now, not everybody might be so musically gifted or so, but make melody in your hearts. Make melody in your hearts to the Lord. At least four to five days of a week, I receive a new song and I sing it to the Lord. And I realize that not all those songs are to be recorded. Are you understanding this? Some songs are just the songs of the Lord. They are just songs to glorify Him. Some, some of them are just monosyllabic. Some of them are sounds and melodies. And you don't have to have a great voice or a beautiful understanding of songwriting or whatever, but just expressing soulfully. Have you been so excited? I was with my wife yesterday and I was just singing one song. <laughs> I was singing one song yesterday. I've been so excited and you're just singing. So singing new song to the Lord. It's a way. Number two. Proclaiming the good news of the salvation. Said, declare salvation. And many of us don't know what that salvation is. Verse 2, that is evangelism. Evangelism is declaring the salvation. So evangelism is in the New Testament, is in the Old Testament, not just the New. He said, declare the good news of a salvation from day to day. So living a life where you look out every day for opportunities to preach the gospel, to share your salvation story via DM, via Facebook chat, Yahoo Messenger, Yahoo Groups, WhatsApp, status update. That honors the Lord. Honors the Lord. Number three, declaring his glory among the nations. So these are twofold. Number one, a public testimony. Sharing your testimony in public. This is what God did for me. That honors the Lord. Because that's like you. Let me tell you what, what that's like. It's like when you uh, wear your outfit that your friend made for you, clothes that your friend made for you, and you put it online and you tag the person. That mention. Are they happy or not? So when you share your testimonies, tag God. Mention God in your story. You know, there's now mentions on IG. You have 15 mentions. How many mentions does God have in the status update of your life? Oh, oh somebody didn't get that one. Did you get that? Tag God. You honor God. The second part of declaring is glory amongst the nations is through your craft, through your work, your music. Let it glorify God. Strum that guitar like you're playing before God alone. Stream this message 
like he's God that is watching it. You understand? Take this note and all of that. Number three. Is that number three? Yes. Number four. Praise him greatly. Verse four to five says that. Praise him greatly. And number five. Give to the Lord. The Bible says, Psalm 96, 7 to 8. Give to the Lord. Now, praise him greatly. I wish I could talk about that. Let me leave it. Number five, give to the Lord. Psalm 96, 7 to 8. Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering. It's there. And come into his courts. Don't worry, I'm not giving four points again. After this honoring God, I'll just mention one more and then we'll close. Give to the Lord families. So watch this. There are gifts you give as a person. There are gifts you give on behalf of your family. The one you are from. See, there are things we've done over the years. People think it's just tradition. So family thanksgiving. thanksgiving. Even some people that do family thanksgiving, they don't know why. It's in the Bible. That there is a collective, there are some seeds I sow on behalf of my family. He said, give to the Lord. Now, what does it say? Give to the Lord glory and strength. What does that mean? God doesn't need your glory. But of the glory God has given to you, Jason, you give to the Lord glory. What's glory? Something precious of great weight. Something that reflects and represents the highest capacity of that person. So giving to the Lord glory and strength is every time you have to give, ask yourself, is this the greatest capacity? that I have based on my financial. In other words, the true believer does not have a constant offering. He has a constant minimum. Well, let me say, not the true believer, the mature believer. Are you seeing that? So if I get a windfall this week and somebody gives me a million naira, why would I give? I can't mention what I give. No, I don't want to mention what I give normally. Why would I give what I give normally? Why? When there's an inflow, the Lord should enjoy that glory, that strength. That expression from my life. Glory to God. And then it said, give to the Lord glory due his name. You know you can give me stuff. I'll speak about giving to honoring pastors now and spiritual leaders. But you know you can give me stuff as pedants, me. Then you can give me stuff as a prophet. Are you understanding this? Two different things. You're giving me stuff as a person. You can give me stuff as a prophet. So when it's saying the glory due his name, let me tell you what that means. There are certain revelations that you need to give time, energy, and attention or even material resources to. In other words, there are certain messages that you hear and say, God, because of this revelation, I'm giving you 10,000, 20,000, or 50,000 naira. That's due to his name. In the Old Testament, whenever God revealed himself in a different way to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they will raise an altar and say Jehovah El Shaddai. Right? And they will offer an offering based on that name. I gotta move. Number two. And this is the last one I'll pick. We'll discuss later. Honor your pastor, spiritual leaders, and God's appointed voices in your life. Honor your pastor, spiritual leaders, and God's appointed voices in your life. Honor your pastor, spiritual leaders, and God's appointed voices in your life. Why? Number one, because they are God's special gifts to you. A true pastor doesn't call himself. A true pastor is called by God for a specific people, to a specific pe for a specific reason, to a specific people. True pastor, true prophet, true someone who has a calling. One of the signs that you're going to know is that that person has to make certain sacrifices because he's being called away from what he wanted to do. Are you saying this now? So if his life is a true sacrifice or a true offering unto God, he will bleed from the circumcision of the separation. Are you getting what I'm saying? Some of you are going to be called to do that kind of work. That means some of the plans you're doing right now, angels are just looking at you and smiling. They're <laughs> just smiling. Okay, no problem. We've heard it before. I'll never marry a pastor. I can't marry a pastor. I know you don't do this when you're saying it, but see... You can marry an engineer and then it gets called three years into your marriage. So just calm down and honor God from your heart. Because some people, they are quite are you a pastor? No. Do you plan to be a pastor? Do you think God will call you to be a pastor? No, okay, I will marry you. 
They don't know. How do I know that God's special gift to you? Jeremiah 3.15 tells me that. But let me read from verse 14. It said, return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. So watch this now. The pastor is not the spiritual husband of the congregation. God is the spiritual husband of the congregation. The pastor is supposed to be the uh, best man, the introducer. Are you getting this? The person who connects the congregation, the go-between, who tells them more about Jesus Christ. In other words, you should not be more excited about me than you are about Jesus. And I know you're excited about me. And I love you being excited about me. And you should be excited about me. But you must be more excited about God. Why? Because God is the giver of the gift. I'm the gift. Don't celebrate the gift more than the giver. And at the same time, don't despise the gift and claim you're celebrating the giver. Because to despise the gift is to dishonor the giver. So it says, Return all backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. I will take you from one, I'll take you one from a city and two from a family. And I will bring you to Zion. And I will give you what? Shepherds or pastors. According to my heart, who will feed you. How? With knowledge and understanding. So what is spiritual food? What spiritual food? Knowledge and the knowledge of what? Christ, who Christ is in you and who you are in Christ. Understanding of what? Of all of that and then the times and the seasons and understanding the hope of your calling. So it passes assignment, teach people about Christ in them, them in Christ, who Christ is to them, who they should be for Christ and then the understanding of the times they are in, the unique expression of the kingdom. And the times they are in, understanding of times and seasons, and understanding of the hope of their calling. Why they were called. Destiny. Life assignment. I'm almost done. First Timothy 5. So how should we honor pastors? Many ways. I can't go through all of them. Uh, you can also go to Ephesians 4, 10 to 13. He said to give gifts to men. Some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Right? So God is the one that gives you a pastor. You don't just go online and say, I like this way. Ah, this pastor has swag. That can be the first attraction. But let me tell you, destiny is not fulfilled by swag. <laughs> this, but I, I, know, I have swag. But I might not be your pastor. If you are here, I'm your pastor. <laughs> if you are online, I'm most likely your pastor. Most likely, most likely. Because you know you can also have sheep that are not of this fold. Jesus had people who was pastoring that were not of the fold. Alright, so let me now read the Ephesians 4, 10 to 13. Read it later. How do we know pastors? Number one, first Timothy 5, 17 to 18. Let the elders who rule well be what? Consider doubly worthy of honor and of what? Adequate financial support. It's in the Bible. See, folks don't read the Bible. Why you give your money to pastor? The Bible says I should. Except you don't believe the Bible again. But the first thing God mentions is not the financial support. The first thing God mentions is what? Honor. Because you can give your seat to a pastor to try to manipulate him. There are churches where people give money to manipulate the board, manipulate the dickery, manipulate the eldership, manipulate the pastor and his wife. But the first thing is honor, but not just honor. It says if the pastor rules well, if the pastor is administering well, feeding the word of God, taking care of the ship, he said number one, count him to be of double honor. I'll teach about honoring our parents uh, next week. But see, when it says honor your parents, it says honor your parents and may be well with you. When it says pastors, it said double honor. In other words, whatever you do to your parents, do twice. Consider your pastor worthy of twice. That's why. Now someone goes, but that's not fair. Let me tell you what it is. Your parents birth you into time. Your pastors birth you into eternity. Your parents birth you into this life. Your pastors birth you into destiny, into the purpose for this life. And so there's a generation, people don't even know what, who a pastor is. So they go online and abuse pastors. Hey, this pastor, they don't even know, as in, you don't even know that you're not supposed to talk about pastors except to another pastor. Are you understanding? Or to somebody to whom the pastor is accountable or a company of elders. 
Of course, you can discuss false doctrine. You can discuss that. Of course, you can deal with false teachings and manipulation. Of course, you should expose manipulations. But I'm talking about in terms of correction or realignment. Not only is it not in your place, you don't have the spiritual resources to realign an alien pastor. The resources you've been given is accountability, intercession. And accountability is who is he accountable to? What board can speak to him? What elders? What friends? What counselors? What pastors? Yeah? And then he said financial support. So pastors are deserving. And there are about, about seven scriptures in the New Testament and about 20 something in the Old Testament that talk about giving to pastors. Let me just give you just one. Give me, give me the last part. <laughs> to be worthy of uh, adequate financial, not just financial support, adequate. 1 Timothy 5.17. Especially those who labor. Now, some people like, he's preaching, not just, just read the scripture and come on. God calls it labor. In other words, what you call speaking, God said it's labor if you do it well. Because for every hour of preaching, you need about six hours of consecration, study, teaching. Are you understanding? God calls it labor. Right? Uh, please, let's, con let's just conclude that. And then. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox when what? When it's treading out the grain. And again, the laborer is what? In other words, it's saying the wages of the preacher is in the pockets of those he's preaching to. You know, I don't preach this, no. I don't preach this often, but it's part of the counsel of God. That's what it's saying there. So for people who are itinerant and go to speak, and people give you water, and that's dishonor. They just give you a bottle of water, give you a slice of bread. The Bible says it's dishonor. Pardon? Except in a case, yeah. And that's extreme. Now, except that's all they have, like the widow woman of Zarephath. That's why it starts with honor first. Honor is, is this the best I can offer? Thanks for that. Is this the best? Most people can offer more than that. But they take things for granted. Is it not just, is it, is it, even for music ministers as well. I say, God bless you. Water. Come on. <laughs> but this person traveled. At least pay for the cab, a decent hotel. Package something decent and honor. All right. First uh, Corinthians 9, 11 to 14. I'm also saying this for those of you that organize programs. When you invite a minister, word minister, preaching minister, song minister, even if you don't have all the money in the world, let something precious, something well thought of, let it leave your hand. And not just your pastor, also if you go to a place and a, a prophet blesses you, an authentic prophet, how do you know one? Their words don't fall to the ground. Blesses you and ministers to you, so is seed. I hardly, it hardly happens that I meet a pastor, especially a pastor is above me, and I don't go into my, my car or pick out something, whether it's, in fact, let me tell you some of the things I do sometimes. Sometimes, don't let me tell you. I just, uh, sometimes I just keep money in my wallet and it's emergency seed money, right? And sometimes in foreign currency. Now, that's why I didn't want to tell you because I keep it in my wallet. So I'll stop keeping it in my wallet, right? Or I'll, I'll get the person, but it's part of honor. When you do that, God says this person understands what's going on, right? Okay, now why material things? Let me just quickly read this and this is the end. This is the last one. Write this down. Matthew 10, 14 to 42. 1 Corinthians 9, 11 to 14. 1 Corinthians 9, 11 to 14 says, Do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat the things of the temple? And those who serve at the altar, LL, can you go there? 1 Corinthians 9, 11 to 14. Those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar. Just to be clear, I don't collect your offering, or just to be very, very clear. And I don't get paid. But the Bible says you, not the church, it's not talking about the church can if they decide to, but the individuals. Right. What does it say? If we have sowed the seed of spiritual good amongst you, is it too much if we reap from what? Material benefits. Uh-huh. 
If others share in this rightful play, yeah. rightful what? Claim among you, yeah? Don't we have a better and greater claim? In other words, if you remember your friends, the person that connected to the business, the one that introduced to the MD and the GM and all those people, don't the spiritual ministers have a better claim? But we've never exercised the right. But we endure everything rather than be a hindrance in the way of the spread of the gospel of Christ. All right, let me, let me just leave that. You can read the other things. We're in Matthew 10 as I'm closing. This is what the Bible says. It says if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you'll receive a pro prophet's reward. One. It says if you receive a righteous man, name of a righteous man, you receive a righteous man's reward. Then it said, if anyone gives even this little children, this little child, as little as a cup of cold water, he says surely he will not lose his own reward. So there, in, spiritual, in the spiritual lineage, there are three levels of honoring people. And I'll talk about this next week. Number one, honoring people as prophets. Number two, honoring people as righteous men. Number three, honoring people as little children. He said, if you honor little children in the name of a disciple. So let me just explain this. What God is saying is you honor three categories of people in the body. Number one, honor your spiritual leaders, but don't say, I only honor Pastor Dami and LT and the team reps and the stunt team reps. Then I'll determine everybody else. No. He said you might not honor people as prophets, but honor them as what? As what? A. Number two. I give you three. As righteous people. That means your contemporaries in the body. Honor them. Look out for them. Esteem them. Part of honoring people is that you meet people at the mall, shopping mall. You don't just leave your friend hanging. Your friend that is with you. You introduce them to the friend and say, please, can you just give me a... Those little things, you understand? Honoring people. Looking out for people. And then for the younger ones, little children, not only in terms of a biological age, but also in terms of spiritual age. So you don't despise them. You don't despise them. Glory to God. Let's put our hands together and glorify God. I know you can shout louder than that. Father, we thank you. Can we just pray as we bow our hearts and just really just thank God right now for the word that has come, for the word that has come to us to teach us how to walk in honor, to teach us how to walk in honor. Honor preserves our lives. Honor opens doors. Honor grants access and it leaves doors open good doors that is and God wants us to be a people of honor there are other categories of honor honoring our parents honoring civil authorities do you know that that's why we don't have more than 20 people in this place I'm not saying who who's the governor how can the governor tell us what to do he's there because of God's permission so we turn people back today because we honor that authority. Honoring your bosses. Do you know that God counted? In fact, the Bible even says that honor your bosses, even the harsh ones. Isn't the Bible? Colossians 3. Let's honor the Lord. Father, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Pray wherever you are online. Wherever you are online. Wherever you are online right now. Wherever you are all across the different networks and connections. Mixler, WhatsApp, the people with the updates. Father, we just honor you and we just thank you so much. Our heart will consistently yield to you. Can we repent today and say, Lord, in any area I've dishonored you, in any area, in any way I've dishonored you, I just come, Lord, with repentance. I receive your pardon. I receive your forgiveness. Give me the heart of a child. Make me nimble. I know the all of you in this room, this physical room, and most of you online know that I didn't preach this message for my personal gratification. I can count, I can count the number of people in this room that I have not personally given to. Cash, money, I can count. There are possibly not up to five that I have not given cash to in this room. So I didn't preach that message so you can... I'm looking for your money. I'm not looking for your money. Paul said, I preach this because I want the fruit to abound. I want the fruit to abound unto you. So I, I didn't preach this so that you went, oh, oh, you know, Pidams. Pidams wants us to be giving you money. 
I know you will get there. We'll get to the point where you can give me something that really blew my mind and impressed me. But right now, you will really try. <laughs> so I didn't preach this for that at all. I, I don't want anybody to misinterpret my, my motive. I want you to understand that this is what the Lord says. This is what the Lord says. Father, we'll be a house of honor. We'll be a house of dignity. We're doing well, but we'll do more. We'll do better. We'll testify. We'll profess. We'll evangelize. We'll honor you with our lips, with our social media spaces. We'll give. We'll serve. We'll yield to you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. On an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 0908-123-4566. One more thing, someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.